Hello, and thank you for joining me on the very first episode of the Inspiration Board, a podcast where I talk with artists who inspire me and who will most definitely inspire you by the end of each episode. My name is Khalees, and I am the host of this podcast. And for the very first episode, I am so thrilled and excited to share with you my friend Gabby Zapata. She is a Mexican-Colombian artist living in sunny Los Angeles. And she works at the Disney Digital Network in Glendale, California, as a lead visual development artist. Gabby is a dear friend of mine, and I am so happy and forever grateful that she even took the time to even talk with me on this episode. And I had so much fun talking with her. But before we dive in, I want to apologize because I've never done a podcast before. I have never interviewed anybody. I have never edited audio so if i sound like a nervous wreck i am and if i sound like i am repeating words i am because i'm nervous but and also if the audio sounds choppy i apologize i tried my best editing but i hope you can forgive me and i hope you can still enjoy the content as is despite my rookie podcasting editing skills i felt so strongly to start this project because being able to see and hear about new artists for me at least in my experience has been so exciting and sometimes life-changing because seeing new art and artists in their work has really inspired me and my art journey so i'm hoping with this project that some of you out there will also feel inspired by their journeys their stories and their work So without further ado, thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How how are you holding up today? Pretty good. Just had breakfast, had my coffee. I'm ready. Ready to take on the day. (laughs) Absolutely. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to see what are you gonna ask? <laughs> Ooh, I hope I hope these questions are up to par. So sure. before we dive in, I wanna just talk about how like I first met you because I, it's really significant and like impactful to me. You did fan out. It was like a little yeah. art art venue that you did, and you were tabling. And I saw on Instagram that you were going, and I was like, I I have to see her. I I love and adore <laughs> her work. And when I went to see you, I was like rambling on probably like how I am now and I accidentally <laughs> knock over your print stand but but what happened afterward was like r- really stuck with me is like you were just so like understanding and kind like, oh no we're gonna start the water <laughs> <laughs> early morning and early waterworks but I just want to say thank you like for being so kind to me and I guess very off topic but we'll dive into the first question if you can remember a specific time or place you first fell in love with colors. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. So I feel like uh, for, for colors, I really love the vibrancy of them because here in the U.S., there's not a lot of vibrant colors. But when I grew up in Mexico, there was just so much color in like buildings and signage and food and just and clothing. And I just feel like I miss that. I've seen that here, like right now, like in um, anywhere that you look, all the buildings are just bland colored and 
and just beige and or like white but mm -hmm. it's like why not use those colors i mean those colors exist so you might as well use them absolutely so like that's why i like to incorporate that into my work because it's like if we have the colors just use them it's like when i was in kindergarten or something like that like i would just match every single color that i could find and um just go at it and so i feel like since then i just i continue to do that <laughs> whenever i go on my walks uh, around the neighborhood i always see the spanish looking houses with like the nice arches and like the um ceramic tiles it's like that's what i want like it's just it brings it's it's different it's it's um i don't know it's just it reminds me of like back in mexico and then it was I just really want that and someday hopefully I get to own one of those <laughs> so nowadays who knows right yeah um, but um even when um in Animal Crossing you leave like yes. I my interior home that I made was like with hot pink walls and like the Spanish styles and all that so yeah I love that even, even there on big games I keep it vibrant <laughs> always got included in some part of your life huh have to uh, the follow-up question I had to that is like, I feel like throughout your art journey, I wanted to ask if um, your relationship with using different color palettes has changed over time, or if you noticed a sort of change or gravitation I towards think, certain colors. Yes. Um, I feel like um, I've gone through phases mm -hmm. um, and I still feel like I go through phases, kind of like Picasso had his own phases, like yeah. the blue period and like the, I don't know, I don't remember art history too much. Don't come at me. Um, but um <laughs> There was a point, when was it, um, when, uh, when I went to Japan for the first time uh, back in, I think, 2015 or something like that, mm -hmm. um, I was attracted to a lot of like the neons and uh, those kinds of vibrant colors. So I tried incorporating that into my own work. Mm -hmm. But then it turned out that like it wasn't being uh, as received as well as I would have hoped to would be but mm -hmm. um it was still pretty fun to like explore um let's see how hot i can get the cyan or how vibrant i could get the magenta to look um mm -hmm. or the like the highlighter yellow like like this highlighter yellow yeah um and i feel like that was a period of time that i was like oh let me try messing around with this kind of style and um after that i kind of got bored with it and then i switched on to pastels which is like the complete opposite <laughs> spectrum of like vibrant um to a more muted color palette um which i did that a lot um for what did i use that on for wonderground when i did um the the tiny the painting the live paintings back then yeah um it was very like um uh very pastel-y and then i just kind of turned that off too and now it's just completely back to like um actually no so it's gone from uh the neons to pastels to patterns to solids to right now i think it's like a mix of um vibrancy but keeping it kind of simple and letting the character stand out on its own yeah but i don't know it, it really varies i also like take a lot of uh cues in or social cues in terms of like what's trending and what's um what what people are wearing nowadays i feel like that's it also kind of changes but i don't know i digress go on <laughs> that actually kind of leads into a, another question i had for you and okay. i feel like with a lot of your work as of like recently you focus a lot on um, fashion trends and social media specifically like 
example I can give is like the Y2K 90 style that's going around TikTok right now. And I guess the question that comes from that is what so, uh, what fashion trends from social media um, do you like and what's another one that you dislike? Um, wow, like so during quarantine, like TikTok, it was it's been my go to app for just oh, absolutely. Day, I just go on and scroll for hours until I fall asleep. Uh-huh. And that's become like my biggest inspiration lately honestly because it's like it's raw like people are just like themselves no there's really no like filters really and you just kind of see the true human behind the camera and um you can just see like the type of fashion that they wear so like like the stuff lately is like what i grew up with like now now i sound old but i'm really like i think i'm like 32 i don't remember um but something like that Uh 32 i don't know Anyway, somewhere, um, somewhere in the thirties, <laughs> early thirties. I, I feel like, um, back when I was a teen is now what's trending now. So with like the smiley faces, the daisies, the, uh, um, the, um, all the little bead necklaces. And it's just so fun to see that, like what I thought was in fashion is like now back in fashion, which I'm sure is what, um, people in like in the fifties or, or, um, I don't know, 80s are saying. So I wonder like what's next after this? Because like before that, it was very, um, what was it? It was like my late high school. I feel like it's going in reverse. So it just, it really depends. Um, But what I like the most is um, seeing like the the fun, uh, simple, not basic shapes, but like the simple um, designs that just like, it's very appealing to Gen Z right now or just preteens. And I feel like that's super cool to see like what I thought was cool is now cooler to them. Yeah. Um, or um, the one thing that that I don't really like, but it's just because I, I just don't feel comfortable wearing it is um, like the super baggy jeans. Like for me, that's just, I would just oh, yeah. like back of potatoes. <laughs> and, um, and I'm sure that's fine. But like for me, like eh, it's not really like, it's not really me. Yeah. Um, but um, I did wear, like, I wonder if, like, bell bottoms are going to come back. I'm sure. I think I've seen some every now and then. That is so um, funny because my mom said the same thing. She's like, I feel like bell bottoms are starting to come back or it's, like, coming into style. It was, like, the yep. hairstyles from, like, the the greens. No, it's a lot of green. Yep. Not to the greens, to, like, the, the groovy flowers, to um, that kind of look. And then there's, like, the ripped jeans. That was also very high school. Um, oh yeah before I used to wear and now it's like I'm seeing it again I'm like oh okay so that's coming into trend again which is funny because like whenever my mom sees it she's just like oh I just want to go sell them but I was also one of those that had that and then um, I always thought like oh yeah it's super cool and then my dad would be like why are you wearing those like <laughs> everyone wears them dad okay so like whatever <laughs> so, um, yeah I've been there so Totally. So I don't really dislike it. So it's just like something that I would not wear nowadays. But watch me wear it later. <laughs> <laughs> In like a year or two. Yeah, I'll totally like <laughs> see something now where it's like, oh, that's cute, but I wouldn't wear it. And then I feel like in two or three years, I'd be like, maybe I'll try it. So yeah. And then the other trend is like the hair. The hair oh, is yeah. the thing that's most like fascinating to me where it's like oh what i used to wear in middle school is like now what they're wearing now like the, the one the first one that i noticed was the 
the bangs. The bangs were all they're they're bleaching them and they're leaving them either like just like blonde or they're dyeing it a color. And that was me like back in like middle school. And I had like the hot pink or mm. a little bit of the blue. Um, but it's just so fun to see that. And it's like I'm seeing myself mirrored into them of what I grew up with. So I love that. <laughs> I love that. Wow. You sound like what I wished I was in high school. I always like wanted to dye my hair, that sort of thing. Oh, uh, that was like the only thing that like I had to like convince my mom. Like, I really want to do this. Like, can I just please I'm like, all right, let's try it. And um, but it was always very muted. Like it wasn't like loud colors. Like it was um it looked like a magenta, but we didn't really accomplish it. And same for the blue. The blue was like um, we didn't bleach it per se. So it was like my brown on top of the blue. So it looked like a very dark <laughs> blue. But um, that that was my moment of like, yeah, this is what like, all the cool kids are doing. So that's why when I I was, I think, what was it? I think about four or five years ago, I dyed my hair lavender or purple. Ooh because I didn't get to do it in high school or middle school. So it was my time and then everyone was doing it. So I was like, all right, then I guess it's fine right now. So it was fun to see that. Oh my God, I remember that. I think I met you when you had like lavender hair. Yeah. That yeah. was so cute. I love that. I was like I was, thinking about doing that. That was a lot of maintenance, but it was fun. <laughs> it's like, I got to do it because like it was, a, it was time. So yeah, I got it out of my bucket list. <laughs> love that for you. Um, a follow-up question I had to that was, what is a trend you feel that never goes out of style? Um, hmm. What is a trend that never goes out of style? Um, eyeliner. The cat eye eyeliner. It's Absolutely. always been present. I've always had the cat eye, the sharp, straight, like, cat eye look. Um, I feel like I wore that when I was younger. I still wear it now. And everyone, a lot, even nowadays, they, they, a lot of people still wear it. So um, I'm glad that's still popular. I love that. <laughs> and that I can still do it without, like, a shaky hand. I worry that when I'm older, I won't be able to do it. So um, we'll see. <laughs> Listen. I am jealous of you because when I, I see you with eyeliner, I'm just like, how does she do that? Like, how uh, does she I'm looking at yours right now. <laughs> it's, sharp. it's sharper than my vision right now. So, and I can see it. Dude, so, I, like, I, I, I cheat. I like yeah. use a pen. It's, it's, I go through 20,000 Q-tips. It's. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Okay. So what I do is no one probably does this, but like to fix the line is um, I don't use a Q-tip. I use uh, the tip of um um the eyebrow plucker thing um Ooh. and then cover it with like a piece of like toilet paper uh -huh. and then make a sharp edge and then that's how i go along and like kind of erase away so that because like the q-tip is too rounded uh -huh. but like if i use the sharp end of the eyebrow plucker if you get more precise in the cleanup so that's what i use <laughs> Watch me take notes, like after this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to show you later what I do. But oh, please yeah. do! It would really improve my my makeup <laughs> life. Take notes, everyone. <laughs> the end of the eyebrow plucker is the sharpest. Absolutely, eyeliner. One hundred percent. Um, <laughs> I guess go going back from like fashion and makeup and all of that. I I want to get like dive into like you as an artist because I feel 
that your journey is so inspiring. As an artist, you've taken so many paths where you started out as like a visual development artist for a project that ended up getting canceled to working as a visual development artist for several different projects. And now you're a lead visual development artist for Disney's digital network, which focuses a lot on like the art for their social media, right? Yep, that's pretty much correct. Like, I feel like I've done, I've had many different hats where I've had the hat of being a storyboard artist to designer to 3D modeler to compositing to all kinds of things. So, um, so even creating a dress made out of plushies. That was so um, cool, by so, the way. Um, I still remember that project, like, to my heart. Um, for those that don't know, um, back in, I don't remember, probably four years ago um, at work um, for D23, we had the assignment to, well, the assignment was, um, we need like a big wow project. And um, I had doodled, we had a, a board full of ideas and people would put like post-its. And one of mine was like, let's make a dress out of Tsum Tsums. Mm. And for those of people that don't know, Tsum Tsums are like little, Disney plushies that are like very like bean sized and um, they come in all different um, uh, sizes and uh, characters. And so that idea got picked up and we had to put that together within less than two weeks. So oh, wow. um, that was wild. Um, I remember <laughs> coming into the office and seeing like about 10 boxes full of plushies. I was like, what, what are all these boxes for? I was like, these are what are going to be used with the dress. I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. And <laughs> it was funny opening the whole box with like seeing like, they were like, so they were compressed into the box. So you open them, they like- a They lot burst of, like, out. Um, yeah, they burst it out. So that was pretty fun. So yeah, I've worn many different hats uh, till today. I love that. The, I mean, that kind of ties in with my question because I feel like it's fair to say that you haven't had like the linear, I went to college and then like, depending on what college you go to, I go immediately to like a, a straight job or whatever in that. And from that, I wanted to ask, um, what is that like non-linear journey taught you as, you know, as an artist and as a person? Um, yeah, I feel like um, in college, it was always said like, oh, you have to get an internship during your school year and you always have to do that. And then I tried but I didn't get one and mm -hmm. that's fine because like everyone's journey is different. No one has the same formula and what worked for me might not work for someone else. So like, um, I remember there, um, sometimes, um, I would hear that like, Oh, like, Oh, you didn't get an internship, but that's okay. Because, um, um, you're here now. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Um, but the way that was worded made it feel like, um, like, you don't have a lot uh, or something else in your resume, but I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like your portfolio speaks for itself. And yeah. I feel like, um, sure. You may not have like a semester of like an internship at a studio, but, um, I feel like, um, that shouldn't matter. Mm. And, um, um, in fact, like, because I didn't get it, I got a head start on my final thesis project during the summer. Oh, so nice. it was no time wasted. Um, meanwhile, there were other people that um, had internships and were, they weren't behind, but um, they could have had like a little head start or they wished they had a head start. Mm -hmm. And so it worked out in the end. When, when doors close, new ones open. Would that, would that be a fair exactly. way of saying it? 
yeah, like you might not have the right key for this door, but, um, and you might have to kick open a few doors, <laughs> <laughs> like literally kick them mm -hmm. um, until one opens or one will be open for you without having a key. So it's like, you never know. Mm. So I love that. All these metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a nice visual for, for our audience. Yeah. I'm a very visual person that have to like either see it or describe it, even if it's like a math problem. I always rather see it drawn or something so that I can physically understand it because my, my mind don't work that way. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I took like a math course in my college, like right before the pandemic, because if it was all online, I'd be like so lost because I need, I need to see the person like oh, yeah. do the problem in front of me. I failed a semester of math because back in high school, because I just, I'm not good at it. And um, I had to take like a special, um, like it was a math class, but it was taken in a separate uh, small classroom with like two other people. Mm -hmm. So it was me and two more. And it was like personalized um, within the school because I here there's, I forgot what it was called. It probably is, it's like a state testing thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I was failing the course. So then they had to put me in a special um, like classroom for math so that I can pass it. And it was, I loved it because it was just me and two other people that were also struggling and yeah. um, having the teacher that um, would show me like the visuals really helped me understand and pass math. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. math may not be for everyone and that's okay. It, it's, listen, I became an artist for a reason. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, I'm wired different, whatever. I feel like um, even in, um, for my major specifically, or I feel like a lot of artists um for visual development you're essentially play a lot of roles you are mm -hmm. an interior decorator you are a fashion designer you are um graphic design because you, a lot of the times you have to put a lot of um thinking into that kind of stuff into to make your character like um yeah like even like you have to know like stuff about cars sometimes or you have to like research on that and then you gotta like make up whatever the assignment was so um like who was it um for for the movie i was on for the legend of tembo that one was all about elephants uh -huh. and i had zero clue anything about elephants my portfolio didn't have even didn't even have like a lot of animals and but somehow that got put onto me and I'm like, all right, I'll take this challenge. And um, mm. I learned everything and anything about elephants. I don't remember anything about now, but I can totally <laughs> now differentiate um, an Asian elephant between an African elephant. And so um, I know that now. Um, but That's so cool. Um, yeah. So you learn a lot of things along the way as an artist too. Nice. Different projects help you learn different things. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to take a quick little break, so we'll be right back. Hi, we're back. Hello. Hello. Hi again. Um, let me just start off with, I was kind of doing some research on interviews you've done in the past, and I found your um, Lightbox Expo panel, I believe from 2019, right? It yeah. was like the in-person one because I know in 2020 you did digital. Yes, I forgot. 2020 does not exist in my brain. It's, so yeah, it's true. <laughs> all of that year was like a whole mush to me. But yeah. but anyways, um, 
from um, your Lightbox Expo panel, you emphasize the importance of representation, especially for women of color. And specifically, you said, and, and, and I quote, don't be afraid to express yourself because I hope to see you stand where I am one day. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you believe there will be a future where future generations will be able to see themselves properly represented? If so, do you feel that our, the art community is taking the right steps to get to that future? 100% yes. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of projects in the works um, for many studios, I believe, that are working on a lot of representation. And um, I hope that with that, a lot of kid, younger kids will see themselves in them. And I'm sure they will, because they're also not only like working on um, uh, characters of color, but they're also hiring creators of color, which yeah. is also a big, big, big plus, because like you can have that without creators uh, of color, because um, you get to hear their point of view and um, it makes it more um, relatable to people. And I feel like that's super important um, in all uh, things color. So um, I feel like we're in the right direction. It might not happen overnight, of course, but um, I feel like within the next five, 10 years, we're gonna see a lot more. And um, I can't wait for that. Absolutely. It's so exciting to see what the, the next generation has in store and like also just seeing like other students just like seeing their work and just just I can I can be amazed. I'm like, you did that all by yourself. That's insane <laughs> to me. Like it's it's just so so exciting how you know what what their work will be in the future. Yeah, I also hope that like in student portfolios, I hope they bring that onto the table. Like would draw more characters of color, bring mm -hmm. more of like culture into your portfolios because it's like I feel like that's what the future is going to be and um the world needs more of it and the more the barrier so yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree with that um another thing i want to bring up is the your statement uh i feel like you really emphasize the importance of lifting up other artists and i just want to know how important is that to you um i feel like it's very important because when I was younger, um, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of um, uh, social media, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> I feel like um, when I was in college, I didn't know too much about like social media, and you just kind of um, looked up the people that um, you saw in films. On like for me, like animated films, like I would love to sit and look at the credits. I still do. I like looking at the credits to see like who worked on what and then look up the person or just somehow um i remember back in blog spot days um mm -hmm. a lot of artists would have like um what is it like a sidebar of artists that they admire and um that's oh, how cool. i would get to know people and um that was always fun to like visit their blogs and um that was like such a fun memory to just log in every day and then just like check in on like, oh, have they posted anything today? Um, very different from Instagram nowadays. Um, uh, because like nowadays, I feel like you can reach artists a lot easier, um, perhaps. Um, but Blogspot, it was just, you just had to wait 
until an artist posted and wrote like a blurb or something. And um, I feel like people were really nice. Mm-hmm. And like I would ask questions and then they would like give advice. And so I feel like I like passing that on yeah. because um, I was in those shoes and I still am because I'm still learning. And so you just never know. Um, so it's very important. And also because like, I remember in school, um, they would tell us like, you see all the people sitting around you, someday those people will be your bosses, your coworkers, mm-hmm. or you may need help someday. And um, so just like be friendly with one another and um, lift each other up that way. So, and I've always kept that to heart. Yeah, I I feel like you you really do. Because you have just been so kind and supportive, like from my experience, you know, whenever I have a little problem or something, you're always more than willing to help. And I just, I really appreciate that. And just knowing that there's, there's artists like that out there, like gives me a lot of hope. Um, Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Like a lot more people do that more often because it's like, we've all been there and um, it's important. Yeah, Absolutely. You kind of talked about something just now that I was like, I had in my mind, I didn't know if I should ask you this, but I think it would be cool if you touched on, um, you know, seeing how the internet has grown and how I feel like specifically Instagram and Twitter have really changed how the art game is right now. I want to ask you, like, since you you make art for social media, that that's right, right? Has yeah, yeah. Have, having that, like, close like I on, on social media and how like things go. Do you think it's affected the way that you make art? Um, yes um, and no. Um, I feel like I say no, but it really it has because mm-hmm. it's like you, you, you kind of learn. Um, I don't know. It can be very toxic. Twitter specifically is very toxic yeah. I feel, um, to me. Um, so it, I feel like it's changed the way that I post things. Um, but for Instagram, I feel like for me, it's still a pretty safe space. Um, but I have changed it a bit where before it used to be like posting whatever, like my water bottle or like, I don't know, just like a fun spot. But now I feel like it's become great portfolio based. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I feel like, I kind of like that it's evolved that way uh, for my personal experience. Um, but I feel like um, people or people in the industry find you that way. Um, they look at your work, like they can look at your website, but they can also, they also want to see what you do on your own time because they want to hire you for your work. Um, not like what, you do for clients i mean they do for clients too but they also want to see what your interests are and so um i feel like that's what um instagram specifically is nowadays like they want to see like what your passion is and Mm. so you put that out there um just draw what you love and hopefully you get hired for drawing what you love that you know you talking about like the whole social media being like a blessing and a curse where it it can be a toxic place but also it it gives you the tools and ability to lift up other artists. And that's why I kind of want to ask you about that because I feel like with social media, it's really silently pushed this mentality of like competition. Like I got to be better than this artist I'm seeing right now and that all sort of thing. And I feel like 
we have the tools to lift each other up. Might as well use them, right? Yep. I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like um, I, I'm also, I can be that person, like, where I can get discouraged by looking at um, other artists besides me. Like, it's, it, we're human, you know? Like, mm -hmm. um, we can have all these emotions of, like, oh, I'm not good enough and, and this and that. But at the end of the day, it's, like, you do what makes you happy. And um, you draw what you want to draw. And um, there's nothing wrong with, like, lifting people, uh, other people up besides yourself. Um, like, it, it's also, like, an, encourages you just gotta like not worry about it and yeah. like just take it day by day and just draw what you want to draw and i feel like um that should be enough that's a that's a great answer seriously that i think people need to be reminded that literally you can draw anything whatever you yeah. want it doesn't matter yeah what and then, think. Like, it's for you the day, it's like we're just drawing cartoons like <laughs> chill. it's not that serious it's <laughs> like everyone needs to like chill and relax like just draw it's fine everything's gonna be fine we're not making like rocket science stuff which is also pretty difficult um mm -hmm. but art is also pretty difficult like rocket science it can be but like just remember we're drawing cartoons it's fine guys have, have fun fine. with it it's fine yeah real quick i i guess i want to focus on last question because i do want to get to some instagram questions that we have um you're a small business owner You've made so many different things. You made things from like really beautiful earrings to super intricate like clay pots and like wall hangers and like hand painted Christmas ornaments. And with that, I kind of wanted to ask, um, what inspired you to make all these like different sort of creative art mediums or like create all these little trinkets and stuff? Um, I feel like for me, having like a little online shop has made me. Um, it shakes things up a bit where it's like, yeah, I learn, I draw at work, but I also want to like still use the skills that I have, um, or I think I have, mm -hmm. um, into making something uh, others can enjoy. I feel like um, prints are great, um, but like wall space is very limited. And I understand that in a lot of people's homes. So I feel like um, having something useful or something you can wear, um, the wearable art I feel like it's it's better for me mm -hmm. um because I get bored at just making prints like just printing is just so boring to me um like it can get just like yeah like every now and then I'll make something but like I like to put pro uh art into product because I just yeah. feel like you can wear art wherever you go and so um it's it's fun it's a fun outlet besides doing everyday kind of stuff digitally or stuff like that yeah yeah, I think it's it's kind of cool because with you, you know, with your at least your drawing stuff, you, you focus a lot on fashion and like you kind of incorporate that like physically with your, your jewelry and all of that. I think that's that's just so cool. I love that process. I just don't know how I do it. Um, <laughs> especially, I feel like like I never studied any like jewelry design school or anything. I just oh wow like specifically like I love wearing like bright colorful earrings like statement earrings and i just wanted to see if i can do that with my art and mm -hmm. i was like well let's give this a shot and see how it goes and here we are today um but especially like during quarantine i mean we still kind of are um yeah it got me inspired to just like create 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 like i planned out like almost an entire year worth of like stuff month by month of what i'll be doing and 
um, while I have that creative juice going, I'm going to keep going until it runs out <laughs> and, and then go from there. Um, but I'm excited. Like I have a lot of things that's coming up for the next few months. Um, that's different um, besides um, earrings. Mm -hmm. And um, that should be interesting. And we'll see how it goes. Well, you already know how excited I am for those those launches <laughs> in the upcoming year. Those are something to definitely look forward to and check out. Um, I guess the, the last question that, that follows, follows that is, how do you feel the pandemic has affected both your small business and your creative process? Um, I feel like it's affected it in a very positive way. Um, not only um, uh, the pandemic, also kind of, I was living in a very small one bedroom place before. Mm -hmm. And because of the pandemic, um, I got a bigger place because we're all working remotely now and I needed a space dedicated to, you know, having it be office and separated from like my room um, where it can just be home and not work. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, uh, it, it changed for the better. I feel um, I got more creative. I feel um, got to focus more and um, there were some good things and bad things. Yeah. Um, like, you know, that happened, but, um, it, it inspired me more to create more. Mm -hmm. And, um, as long as I have that, I'm going to keep going. That's great. I'm so glad to hear that, that it's helped you in a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so with that, let's dive into some two Instagram questions that we have. Um, someone asked, what is your favorite art medium to work with? Um, so it varies. Um, I really like working, um, uh, digitally and procreate specifically, oh, yeah. um, shout out to them. <laughs> um, I'm just, it's fun to just be able to sit on a couch and just plop up your iPad on your, on your legs or whatever, or the table and, um, just draw away, um, whenever you want. Um, the other medium I really like is, um, gouache, though I have, I haven't painted in a very long time, so I'm a little rusty, mm -hmm. um, but that's always fun. Um, yeah, so I feel like those are my two favorite mediums. Um, what else? Yeah, um, not much. <laughs> I'm a pretty basic person. It's just like either digital or like gouache traditional painting. <laughs> very nice. I have to agree with you, like on the Procreate, like how much it's like, changed it for me because i used to be like oh sketchbooks and stuff and that that was fun it, it still is fun but just like trying different brushes and like different textures you can get yeah. on there it's just it's really nice yep like i, I it's, the collection of brushes is slowly growing and i'm like oh i need to calm down because in photoshop <laughs> i have a huge library of brushes and i barely and i only use like two <laughs> so i need to like like calm down and just use the brushes that I really want. Otherwise it's going to be a big mess. Um, but like, I need to really clean like my Photoshop brush mm. library because there's just so many. And, but I always think like, I'm going to use this someday. Like, no, you won't Gabby. You're not going to use it. You have to get rid of them. You can't hoard them brushes. <laughs> you're not going to use them. Um, but am I going to do it? No, probably not. I'm just going to keep it. So, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I'm definitely guilty of that. I'll like see, I'll go on Twitter or something and I'll see someone like, I made brushes. Here it is. And I'm like, I don't need it. I don't need it. And then I'll end up getting it. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just, it's just fun to play with. Yep. 
because you just never know. You never know you need it. And I'm that type of person that like always tries to sometimes buy two of everything in case one gets mm. broken, you have a backup mm-hmm. because my anxiety brain works that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, the second question we have is uh, how does, how do you blend skin tones so well using diverse color palettes? Example, using oranges and blues. Okay, um, that's a good question. Actually, I want to do a, um, like a little, not like a little lecture, but like a, a workshop, that's the word, um, on like uh, skin tones, because um, it's, it's, it's a little more complex, I feel. Uh, to explain, I feel like it's easier to show it. Um, but um, it really depends. Like a while back, I had a question where, like, how do you add blush to like a, a colored skin tone? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought about it like foundation, like like makeup Ooh. foundation, where it's like um, you put your your darker color and then you add your your pinky tone that you want and just kind of blend the two and then just kind of like it met, blends into your skin i'll have to demo this this is a little harder to explain um this is more again of like the show like a visual showing, yeah. visual, visual showing than explaining because i'm not good with words mm-hmm. and so um i'll have to do that um sometime soon and do that because i feel like it's a it's not there's probably technical words for it but i just go with my gut with like because i deal with that a lot with work in in terms of like there's a lot of characters of color, so I have to make sure that they're done properly. Yeah. And so um, I'll see if I can uh, set up something and do that um, because I would love that. I We need more characters of color. And so I will hopefully do a little workshop on that. Yeah, absolutely. That would be so cool to see you do that because I feel like there's definitely a, a technical side because obviously – different skin tones like like blushing works differently because of like undertones and like colors and all of that so yeah especially I, like um nighttime scenes or yeah. like environments like you don't want the characters to like blend in with like the nighttime you have to add like these highlights and other colors so that they don't um uh disappear so um i'll do a little demo on that that's a very good idea so i'm gonna write that down for myself <laughs> oh i i'm so excited now Okay, since we're we're coming in on time, I want to dive into some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, these will be right. like you can do as short as answers you want. If you don't feel like answering them, you have every right not to. So just okay. super quick. Um, let's see. Favorite flower? Ranunculus. What does that look like? I've never heard of that. Um, 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 they were in season um, in April. Um, uh-huh. You know, the flower fields mm-hmm. of Carlsbad, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Those colorful flowers. Those are my absolute favorite flowers. Because they come in all different shapes. No, not shapes. They all come in different colors. Uh-huh. And they bloom very fast. And um, I'll have to show you what that looks like later. But ranunculus is my absolute favorite flower. Oh, my gosh. Please do. I would love to see <laughs> what they look like. Um, favorite color combination? Um, pink and orange. Ooh, that, that's like a sorbet. Pen or pencil? Pencil. Digital or traditional? Uh, <laughs> we just talked about this too. I'm sorry. Digital. I like things that I can update and change. <laughs> that, that seems like you know, like I don't like permanent things. Um, depends on what. <laughs> that that's a good answer. Uh, pancakes or waffles? 
waffles 100 i oh. like the crunchy texture Ooh, absolutely i, like, I love yeah waffles 100 belgian waffles That's belgian waffles absolutely <laughs> city or countryside city <laughs> i don't know why i said this <laughs> i like the busy loud noise of the city yeah yeah i yeah especially la this is just such yep. a fun city. I wouldn't change it for the world. For this last rapid fire question, and you're probably going to hate me for this. Um, for for the audience who don't know, we're huge Ariana Grande fans, like huge nerds, like yeah, mega. I try to hide that so much. <laughs> so many of you know. Um, yeah. Listen, it's inevitable at this point. We cannot contain our excitement for that woman. But yep. you're going to hate me for this question. Top three Ariana Grande songs at the moment. Um, Save Your Tears with the Weekend Remix. Ooh. Um, what else? Um, 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 um. I should just open my Spotify playlist. <laughs> um, uh, what is it? Shut Up from Positions. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I can't remember. Um. I don't know. I was cycling through a lot of songs um, in 2018. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I know this is a really hard question. I don't know the third one. I don't know. There's too many good ones. It changes by day and mood. I feel like, you know, recently I've really gravitated more towards positions. And like, I've really. I, I have. I know. Right. I don't know why. Isn't that weird? Because I feel like when we, when we first heard it, we were just like, oh, this is cute. But it's not as like. Thank you next or anything like next. absolutely. I think for me personally, Thank You Next is my favorite album from yeah. her discography. But it definitely changes. Like some days I'll feel like sweetener, and others I'll feel like you know going back to her older stuff. So yeah, like I feel like with, but especially with her her wedding and all, like I feel like a lot of the songs like make sense now. Like oh, that's why she wrote that, or like oh, like like you can feel like it's a different type of era for her. Yeah. So. You could see the her style change along with the style of her music. It's really yep. cool. Yep, a lot. Like she's letting go of the ponytail with the sweatshirt and and the boots, and you can see like she's evolving. Like not only like fashionably, or is that a word? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like mentally, I feel so. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's 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 everyone. Everyone goes through phases, as we were talking about with Picasso. Everyone yeah. goes through different phases and um that's that's a good way to bring that circle back from the beginning of you <laughs> that i love that you connecting all these different things to each other um so we're getting towards the end i want to thank you so much for joining me gabby but before i say goodbye um i just wanted to say i i want to use this space to share um not only artists I admire and their own like stories and unique work, I also want to give them an opportunity to share any artists that they feel that has inspired them or not even just artists, but people in general that they feel should be given a little shout out. So do you have any in well, mind you'd like to share? Hmm. You, first of all, oh my gosh, the first artist. Um, there's a lot of, you have so much talent and I love seeing the little comics that you used to do. Um, you should do more of those. I still love the one with the kid, the pat pat on the back. That's like my ultimate favorite moment because it's so relatable. Um, so I feel like um, seeing your art in my feed, it always brings 
some sunshine to my day. Like I still have all your art. Like I have it looking at, I look Stop. at it every day on my wall. Stop um, it. Yes. So you, um, who else? You're going to make me cry right before we end this, really? Um, we started with tears. So, <laughs> and then we'll have no tears left to cry by the end I of thought this. we were supposed to save our tears for another day. Oh. <laughs> um, who else? Um, my friend um, uh, Stephanie Garcia, um, mm -hmm. talented artist. Um, she is a storyboard artist for Sony, I believe. Um, I'll have to give you the the handle later the instagram mm -hmm. handle um who else um janet rodriguez is also a talented super talented artist um who also i believe deserves a lot of like um praise um i'll have to give you the instagram handle for her too um who else um, um there's so many like i'll have to come up with a list later but um for now those are the ones that are popping up in my head and um yeah i don't know <laughs> thank you yeah if you share those instagram handles i'll be more than happy to share them into this episode yeah thank you so much gabby where can where can people find you in your work um no thank you for having me um you guys can find my work on uh, gabbyzapata.com um or any any social media handle, it should be the same name. If not, let me know because maybe it got hacked. Um, no. <laughs> um, Twitter, Instagram, um, my shop is shopgabbysapata.com. Uh, very simple, but you can find everything on like my main site. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Me too. It's probably the most fun I've had during like all these interviews I've had before. Um, so much fun. Thank you. And with that, we reached the end of the episode. I want to thank Gabby again for joining me on this episode. I had such a blast talking with you. It is such a wonderful way to start off this project. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, and before we end this, I would also like to read off the list that Gabby gave me of some artists that she wanted to give a shout out to that everybody can check out on Instagram. Um, I'm going to be sharing the Instagram handle names. I will also be spelling them out so you all can look them up right away in case I mispronounce the names. And I apologize in advance if I mispronounce anything. Uh, first we have up on the list is Janet Rodriguez. Their Instagram handle is Blowed Janet. I'm probably mispronouncing that, so I'm going to spell it out. P-U-E-B-L-O-D-E-J-A-N-E-T. And next on the list, we have Gloria Felix. Uh, their Instagram handle is Gloria Felix Art, all one word, um, spelled G-L-O-R-I-A-F-E-L-I-X-A-R-T. And finally, we have on the list is Stephanie Rizzo. Uh, found on Instagram is Steph underscore Rizzo, S-T-E-P-H underscore R-I-Z-O. You can all find these artists on Instagram and check out their wonderful work. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you reach the end, um, it means so much to me. And I hope to see you guys next time. <laughs>